shall we do that together this evening? Let's magnify and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We praise you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Amen. We serve a powerful prayer-answering God. Bible says you have not because you ask not. Now there is conditions such as asking amiss. The writer says some of you reason prayers aren't answers because you're wanting something to consume upon your own lust. In other words, you're wanting a want. God's never obligated himself to meeting your wants. But he has obligated himself by his word to meet our needs. God can and will meet your needs. There's been people that have accused God of not answering their prayers. But it was in their best interest probably that God didn't answer all those prayers. But tonight there are needs that we have on our screen as well as what I'm going to mention, please remember Brother Rob Whitehead, Brother Mac Curry, Brother Mac did slip in Sunday for Sunday school for just a brief moment, but uh, was not able to stay due to the pain of, of sitting up upright. But at least he tried. Amen. If you get a moment and you think about it, please call, go check on them. I know people in here do, but it's been now nearly eight, well, probably nine weeks or so, three months. I, I knew it's it's been going by, but you know how it is when you miss a week of being in the house of the Lord. Thankfully, we do have the, the capability to live stream, and, and, and they're faithful in that, but we want them to know that we're praying for them. We're lifting them up. Sister Dean Torrey, Donnie Huffman, and also please remember Sister Denise Nicosia, and her family, uh, I don't know the latest update, but uh, her mother uh, is getting closer and closer to uh, leaving this world. And we want to lift up this family in our prayers and, and um, just let them know that our church is strengthening them. If you have a need in your body, we invite you to the front. We'll pray for you, and we'll join together. Believe in God is going to touch you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we stand upon your word that is a sure word. Lord, it's forever settled in heaven. It's a never-changing word. It's a promise from God. Lord, you've obligated yourself to your word to meet our needs, and we bring needs today. These that have been spoken and those that are on the screen, Lord, we join together today by faith, knowing that you hear and answer prayer. We would ask now, Lord, that your healing power will be released in the heavenly realm. Lord, those that are not even in this place, but you know who they are, let your power reach them and touch them today. We thank you for it. We stand on your word. Why don't we clap our hands and praise him for what he's going to do? Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Lord bless you as you're seated this evening. Just a couple of announcements before we receive our Wednesday evening tithe and offering. Gentlemen, remember we will have a men's beast feast June 15th at 6 p.m. at the Family Life Center. Now, this is not just for our men. We want you to bring somebody. I'm a firm believer in inreach and outreach. And what better way to get them than feed them? If you read the Gospels, Jesus took care of their physical needs and it opened doors for spiritual needs. So men, we're asking you to bring a wild game dish, whether it be fish or, or bird or deer or crawfish, whatever, bring some type of dish and if you choose to help us out, label it as to what it is so we know what we're eating. 
Amen. I automatically get suspicious if I show up and there's something sitting in a gravy. That's just a, a way to mask it. Well, I'm not scared yet. I've found ketchup helps out a lot of stuff that's been questionable. No, but we're going to have a great time. We're going to have door prizes, and and we're going to try to just surprise you. We'll see what we have. I make no promises because I don't know what all is going to be there yet except food. And uh, please turn in your NAYC money if you have not done so. I want you to know I appreciate all those that are attended our prayer meeting Monday night. I know it's summertime, and I've I've been around long enough to know that summer summertime is summertime. But we still have a move of God in summertime. I got here early because I, I didn't know if I'd get a good seat tonight. I want you to know you would be so proud of our kids' campers. We were I drove in from from Tioga this evening to go to, to come be in service. Um, we will have service all throughout all the camps. I'll be here every Wednesday night preaching. But uh, last night, we rejoice. Uh, Brother Blaine got the Holy Ghost. God filled Brother Blaine with the Holy Ghost. And all of our campers from our church were seeking God. Some were very, very close. But that was just night one. Uh, the first full night with an altar call. And so I'm sure tonight and tomorrow night they're going to keep praying and seeking God. But you never know what what eternal rewards will be reaped because these kids were able to go to youth camp together. So you keep them in your prayers. They're having a great time. The, the, the rain, they come back like drowned rats today uh, from having to walk out in the rain all day. But uh, they're having a great time. So keep them in your prayers. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in our giving. I pray, Lord, that you would bless this gift, bless the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Continue to worship as you give.
unto the Lord. Hallelujah. As you stand, we turn to the word of the Lord this evening to the book of Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, we will begin with verse 17 and then we will also go to the book of Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 1. Luke chapter 15 Verse 17 says, And when he came to himself, speaking of the prodigal son, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be Mary. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. 
Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I want to preach tonight from a question. Where do the broken go? Where do the broken go? Lord bless you as you're seated this evening. The fabric of the church is indeed unlike any other entity that this world has ever known. Generally, with any type of conglomeration or organization, there are certain qualifications an individual must meet to be accepted or to be included. Some would be social uh, qualifications or financial qualifications. This almost reflects what the church looked like in the days of Jesus for the church in the days of Jesus was almost like an exclusive club. It was made up of what uh, some would consider to be elitist in that day. So those who felt superior to everyone else in so much that when Jesus ate with publicans and sinners, they scoffed. Matthew 2.17, Jesus replied, he said, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Here was a group of people that felt as if the Messiah would cater exclusively to them. Those who've been towing the line, those who on the outside it seemed that they were elite, they didn't understand why Jesus could mix or would mix himself with people that were dysfunctional or outcast or broken. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We must understand today that God did not die for us at our best, but he died for us at our worst. The person that you see in the mirror today that's all cleaned up and that looks like a professional Pentecostal, that's not who God went to Calvary for. But if you could somehow walk through the corridors of your mind and in your past and you can remember what you were like when you were at the lowest point of your life, that's who Jesus died for. The person who was rejected. The person who was full of shame. The person that lived a life of embarrassment. The Bible said to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. To reconcile means to restore or to repair. So God gave us the word of reconciliation. In other words, God is giving us an invitation to repair the damage that was done by sin. We go full circle back from the Garden of Eden and when you get the Holy Ghost, God brings you full circle and you walk in harmony with him. That's why Paul said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I believe tonight that this church is filled with people that are thankful that God loved you in spite of your problems, that God accepted you in spite of your baggage, that God said, I love you regardless of where you've been, what you look like. So we, we ask ourselves, where do the broken belong? They belong at the feet of Jesus. The best place for broken things is in the kingdom of God. Because God can put the pieces of the puzzle back together. God can apply his blood. And God can put hope in a hopeless situation. 
But that's not what I'm preaching about tonight. Not where do the broken belong. Because we know where they belong. But where do the broken go? Where do they go? As I thought about this question, I realized God was trying to turn my attention from without to within. Instead of looking at the broken people coming to God from the outside of the church, he was trying to get me to see the broken people in the church. Because just because you come to God doesn't mean you won't be broken again. You make a trip to an altar. You're born again of water and of spirit. That does not exempt you from ever being broken by life. People still mess up. People still fall. And people still feel helpless. God wants the broken people out of the church and inside the church to all feel like they can come to him. It's my opinion today that the very place that once brought safety can turn into anything but a refuge. Because that refuge can bring with it an unmentionable pressure to be perfect. Nobody's perfect save Jesus Christ. And we think just because we're, we're in church and we're faithful to church that we have to be perfect and that we can't mess up at all and that we cannot be serious and be honest about our struggles. Can I talk to someone tonight? Because you all know what it's like to wish you could just go and unload everything and get it off your chest to somebody. But you're afraid that they'll judge you. And you're afraid that they'll think that you're less of a Christian because you have struggles. Uh -huh. I'm digging deep tonight, but I know people are people. We feel this pressure that we have to keep a facade like we don't have any problems. And we're me and God are like this. There might be seasons where you feel like that, and that's great just as much as you go up, there's the other side of that mountain too. You keep walking. I know what it's like to go to prayer and say, God, I wish I could just pour everything out to somebody and get it off my chest. I know what it's like to go to prayer and say, God, I wish, I wish people could see I'm not perfect. Neither are they. But we think just because when we walk through these doors, we're supposed to be. Nobody's perfect, but everybody expects us to be perfect. The story of the prodigal son is not about someone that was in the world. The story of the prodigal son is about someone that was in the king's or, or in his father's house. If I could use a little liberty, he was in the church. He was in the Father's house. He was in a safe place, but he messed up. Can I tell you, there's been plenty of people in the Father's house that have messed up. Plenty of people. In so much that he felt like he had to leave. And we find scripture says he would have ate pig slop, but the farmers didn't give him any. And he came to a point in his life when he considered going back to his father's house because he knew he would be accepted back. Listen to me, church. 
there should not be a question in someone's mind as to whether or not the family will take them back. There should never be a question in their mind about if I go back, will they still love me? It ought to be an automatic in their mind that that is a safe place. He was a broken person. But he was either going to go to the world or he was going to go back to the house. And he came home and his father ran to him and embraced him. He said, no, you know what? I'm so low, I'll just be a servant. I don't even need my sonship back. And that father ran out and, and, it, and embraced him. That's how we should receive people that messed up. It shouldn't be like this. And he said, you're not going to be a servant. He called, he called a servant, get the best robes. Give him, my, give him a ring about his neck. That ring was a seal of the family. He gave him his authority back in, in, the, in the family. Kill the fatted calf. It was, a, it was a celebration. Here's what I want you to understand. Your mess up in life doesn't stop your membership in God's family. Just because you mess up, doesn't mean that God thinks any less of you. He doesn't push you out of the family and say, you know what? I don't want anything to do with you. It's not how God operates. The Bible says, Romans 12 and 5, so we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. This is a body. We are members. We all have a part. When my, when my hand messes up and it doesn't do what I want it to do, I don't cut my hand off. And in the body of Christ, when someone messes up, you don't cut them off. Because they have a part in the family of God. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We're one of the only denominations that I know of that kills their wounded. I've seen people so broken because of their mess-ups, so broken because of their mistakes, things that they knew they did wrong. And instead of being met like this, they were met like this. And the one thing they needed the most, which was love, was the one thing that they didn't get. There are things medically that the body has to have when wounded. One of those is blood. And we as a body are supposed to be connected in such a manner that when something happens to one part of the body, the rest of the body, body overcompensates and starts producing to help heal. The connection, the body's connected with blood and, and nutrients and different things. So when the body does not overcompensate and start producing things, then the, that member of the body cannot heal like it's supposed to heal. Why? And I, I'm just, maybe I'm preaching to me tonight, but I'm just unloading my heart. Why do we make it so hard for people to be honest about their struggles? I may not be much preaching tonight, but I'm telling you the truth. We make it so hard for people to come to an altar and say, Brother, will you pray with me? I'm, I'm really struggling in, in a certain area. There ought to be such a support system between brothers and sisters that if someone opens up about a struggle, they can do so without fear of being rejected or made fun of. Especially if they're at an altar saying, help me pray. That's where they need strength. 
That's where they don't need judgment. I've said it before. We had a lot. We have a lot of mercy on people who sin like us, but we have a lot of judgment on people who sin different than us. Somebody struggles in an area like you struggle. You can be a, show a lot of mercy. But if it's something different, then we're quick to judge them. Amen. Bible says a just man falleth seven times. It didn't say a wicked man. A just man falleth seven times and gets back up again. Now, we know that if he keeps living, it's going to be more than seven times. Bible's given us just an illustration. Could it be, let me just pose this question, could it be that there was someone there to help him get up? I don't think he got up on his own. I think he had a support system that helped him get up. Mercy should always silence judgment. The brother in the story of the parable son, prodigal son, the brother, which would be like a brother in Christ, wouldn't even go fellowship with him. He was being judgmental while the father was being merciful. And I'm afraid I've seen it repeated. God's looking at him saying, hey, I got mercy. But the brothers are looking at him going, I don't want nothing to do with him because he messed up. The church is not a jury trying to dissect the actions of the one in question. We're not a jury. When someone messes up, they're not on trial. It's not us. It's not up to us to weigh out the facts. It's up to us to say, you know what? You don't even need to tell me because it doesn't matter. God's got mercy. He's got blood. He's got grace. Bible says in James 2 and 13, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Galatians 6 and 1, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Notice the dissection of this scripture. He says, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Carnal people can't do what I'm fixing to tell you to do. Spiritual people. Carnal people want to stone, wanted to stone the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Carnal people race to judgment. Bypassing mercy. But Jesus, which was spiritual, he did something quite different. In other words, they wanted to go by the black and white. This is what the law said. But Jesus was introducing grace and mercy. And Jesus, which was spiritual, said, Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. He never accused them and said, y'all are sinners because that would have been judgment. He didn't do that. He, get, he posed a question and let them answer it by their actions. Anybody that does not have sin can cast a stone. And he left them to see if they fit the bill. Every case must be weighed in the balance by mercy. I've met people. I've seen situations. I've talked to my pastor. There were times when I wasn't a pastor that I felt like my pastor should have handled something different. And I went and talked to him about it. I wasn't one of these that was going to sit on the sidelines and talk about it. I was just going to go talk to him. There's nothing wrong with going to talk to your pastor. And this is what he told me. 
on many occasions. He said, if I'm going to err, I'd rather err on the side of mercy. And I knew of parents that when it was somebody else's kid, they wanted to pull out the sword. But when it turned to their kid, they wanted velvet gloves. But you know what? We should all extend mercy like it was us, like it was our family. Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one. This, if you study it out, means to reattach a limb with precision, with precision. You know, you could reattach a limb, and if done correctly, and the body compensates for it, you can hardly see a scar if it's done right. Because the nutrients are flowing, the blood's flowing. And people, when they mess up in the kingdom of God, as a church, we can love them so much and pray for them so much that as time goes by, it's like nothing ever happened because the body helped do what it was supposed to do. In the spirit of meekness, he said, if you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Don't make an example out of them. I've seen people that messed up, and people kept reminding them of their mess up. It's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to restore them, respect them, restore them, but don't remind them. Let me tell you, this may blow your mind, okay? You might need to buckle up or write this down. When someone messes up, they know they messed up. They don't need 50 people to tell them they messed up. When I do wrong, I know I do wrong. So do you. Then he says this, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Don't handle them in such a way that you demean them as if you're superior to them because you could be the one one day. That's why the Scripture says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. How you treat the broken is just as important as how you treat God. In fact, I'll say it like this. How you love the broken is a reflection of how you love God. Because you know what Jesus said? If you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ refers to Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Master, what is the greatest commandment? He says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, the law, all the law and the prophets is, is a representation of the whole word of God. So God's saying my word and the totality of my word hangs upon two screws. One, love Jesus, love God. The other, love people. If you only have one of those screws, it's like hanging a picture, then it's not going to be balanced. It takes loving God and loving people. If the broken can't go to the church and find love, they'll go to the world and find love. Where do the broken go? They go where they're loved. They go where they're loved. 
The disciples couldn't understand why a woman would break a valuable box of ointment and pour it on Jesus. Thus they scoffed and they questioned, but they didn't understand the typology. The box represented this woman. She was broken. And the best place for broken people is at the feet of Jesus. In our effort to surround him with our best, we cannot push aside our worst. The disciples were trying to surround Jesus with godly people, church people, the best. But here was somebody that was the worst and had broke that box. And what we try to do is we want to fill these altars and surround Jesus with everybody that's got their act together. And Jesus is saying, hold up a minute. I'm not interested in people that can do it all by themselves. But there's broken people that need to be in the house of God. And you let those people come to my feet. I want to talk to us tonight as we stand that it ought not be that we're afraid to expose our brokenness in the kingdom of God. It ought not be that we're embarrassed about being honest. If I needed, brother, if, if I needed prayer for something and I was struggling with something, I ought to be I ought to be able to go up to Brother Spanky and say, Brother Spanky, can I talk to you as a brother in Christ? I need you to help me pray about something. I'm struggling in this area. See, we think because someone makes a mistake in sins, that they're living in a lifestyle of sin. That's two different things. A mistake and messing up is different than a lifestyle of wrongdoing. But we've got them confused. It ought to be that if, if you need a prayer for anything, that brother and sister in, in Christ we ought, we ought not act like the brother to the prodigal son and said, I don't want nothing to do with you because you messed up. No. The father, Jesus Christ, extends mercy. The brother or the sister should follow suit and say, you know what? I'm not judging you by where you've been, but I want, you, I want to rejoice with you over where you're going. I pray tonight as we lift our hands to heaven right now, I want you, this is what I want you to pray, God, increase my capacity to love and extend mercy to my brother and sister in Christ. Lord, erase from me a judgmental attitude, considering myself, Lord, lest at times I fall, I mess up. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Here's how I want us to close tonight. I want all the men in the building, I want you to come stand and put arm around the person next to you. Ladies, follow suit. Ladies, come this side. Hold hands or put your arm around whatever you're more comfortable doing. What are we doing, preacher? We're bearing one another's burdens. We're not going to pray for ourselves tonight. Nobody here. We're not going to come and ask God to forgive us of anything. But here's how I want us to begin to pray. Lord, you see what my brother's struggling with. You see what my sister's struggling with. I want you to begin to pray for those people. Pray for the person standing next to you. Lord, if there's any area of weakness that they're struggling with, any mistake, Lord, any mess-ups in their lives, you know what they are. that you would help them on their journey. Lord, they love you. I pray for these ladies. Place for arms of compassion, welcome.
Sweet mercy falls like rain. I know there's a place. Oh, that's it. Reach out to the Lord. Reach out to the Lord. of compassion welcome me home sweet mercy I pray for these ladies right now Lord that you would undergird them and that you would strengthen them God any area of weakness that you would manifest your power in their life let that mercy be extended today Jesus I pray for these men oh God so many days I've trusted grace and yet I had to wonder how many times my human strength had helped me from surrender. The more I learned just to lean on the cross the more I see when I fall I will fall to the place where mercy reaches me it reaches me I know there is a place arms of compassion welcome me home sweet mercy falls like rain I know there's a place called grace you my brother you're my sister. Take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us. We're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. You're my brother. Oh, that's You're right. my sister. You're my sister. Take me by the hand. Yes, Jesus. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us. If we're walking side by side, as long as there is love, we will stand. What a sweet presence of the Lord is here this evening. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do this week, between now and Sunday. I want you to look at somebody standing next to you, and I want you to pray for them between now and Sunday. Link up with somebody. Make them your prayer partner. You don't have to know the details. If they choose to mention it, that's fine. But this is... I want you to pray, Lord, you see any areas of their weaknesses? You see any areas they're struggling with? And I, I'm going to stand in the gap for them. Between now and Sunday, I'm not telling you to do it every day, but when you, in your own prayer time, you take that one person and you, you help them bear their burdens. You strengthen them. There's been times I went to prayer, and this was my prayer, Lord, Please put me on somebody's heart and have them pray for me. Because we all know what it's like to feel so in, insufficient in our prayers. Like our prayers aren't even doing any good. We've all felt like that. There's nothing wrong with needing somebody to lift you up and to strengthen you and to help you. So we're going to do that the rest of this week. We're going to pray for somebody. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for the strength that we feel tonight. Thank you, Lord, for that 
strength of the body that's flowing here in this place. God, I feel better for being in the house of God. I feel better for being around my brothers and my sisters and feeling that the mercy of the Father in this house tonight. Strengthen them, Lord, as they go throughout this place. Let them walk in the fear and the favor of the Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen.